Welcome to the Axis Effect Podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment, and your host for Media Mavis Podcast. Super excited to be here today with William Samasege, who is the CEO of SAS Mining. And we have been chatting all about Bitcoin and leadership. And so I'm super excited, William, to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's so, fun. okay. So, and it's so funny because we were just chatting away. That's why I realized, oh shit, we're on a podcast. AI. Okay, we're going to talk about Bitcoin because it's such a crazy industry right now. But you were looking up an AI program that does all the writing without having to speak to a human being. Yes. So this technology is very, very new. I just started really diving in and playing with it today. The chatbot that I was using was put out by OpenAI. And just like with everything in technology, you see things go on this exponential curve in terms of how good AI can get. And we've seen it with games like chess, where these AI bots now can crush the best players in the entire world. We've seen it with games like Go. And a lot of times, one of the things that as humans, you think, hey, there are certain things that AI just won't ever be able to do. And this was the rate of improvement on this particular piece. If you go onto OpenAI and start playing with the spot, you can ask it sophisticated questions. You can ask it to write essays on certain topics, and it will put out quality, quality content now, like it was written by a student at a top college. And it's really crazy because the question is, is how good is this going to get over time? What role is this going to play in different companies? And um, is, is like, that this weird? is leading edge technology. Yeah. And it's, wait, wait, what's the company called? OpenAI. Right. What I think is interesting is like, we all talk about technology. I always joke around. I love you. Just jumped right into the technology in our podcast is that I feel like having a smartphone and smart technology just makes us dumber because at this point in my career as a CEO, I'm lucky if I can remember five cell phone numbers because like, I just rely on my phone so much, you know, or like I'm talking to Siri, call so-and-so, my cars are all Bluetooth. I love how smart technology, they get these crazy people. Oh, it's going to increase humans. It's going to replace the humans. Oh my God, we're all going to be, that's what's going to be a computer, like, world and no humans left. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to be that stupid as humans, but I just feel like it's amazing um, how far this technology is coming along the AI side. But like, I, I want to talk to you about Bitcoin because a lot of companies are using AI to the blockchain and AI into this Bitcoin. And I know Bitcoin has been a, a little volatile, you know, I, it's not the same thing as crypto. Let's just preference that crypto and Bitcoin are different. I know a lot of people are using it as a utility, uh, not as an investment like the stock market, but it's now being used as a utility to save lives because we have a client using Bitcoin to save lives. So I want to talk to you about this. You're not managing renewable energy mining facilities. How is your company kind of involved in this whole in the mining of Bitcoin? I mean, give us a yeah. background on this. Yeah. So you brought up some very good points there initially. So there's the concept of crypto and then there's Bitcoin, right? And yeah. I think that You've seen these terms get thrown around a lot, which granted, Bitcoin, many people look at Bitcoin and crypto as the same thing if they're not in the industry. But there's a very big difference that people are starting to realize now between Bitcoin, which many believe is going to be the global reserve asset in the future, like when you speak to people within Bitcoin, versus 
you know, puppy coin 3000 or some random ICO <laughs> token that anyone can put out and all these scams. And so the way that we're involved at SAS Mining is we're involved in the mining of Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin mining process. So if you take a step back and let's say that you and I both own Bitcoin and you want to send me Bitcoin, right? So let's say that you send me $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. That's a transaction that just happened. That $1,000 of Bitcoin just went from your wallet to my wallet. Yeah. And you have millions of people around the world that are making transactions of Bitcoin. Now, all those transactions have to be recorded somewhere. They have to be safely secured. And for this entire network to function, it requires the Bitcoin miners. And so the way that SAS Mining fits in is that we make it easy for anyone to become a Bitcoin miner. And so if we take another step back and say, okay, well, how does a Bitcoin miner make money? Well, with a Bitcoin miner, you own a piece of hardware. You can almost think about it like you owning a computer. Yeah. And from you running this piece of hardware, you're earning Bitcoin from running it because you're putting through that transaction. When you send me Bitcoin, that transaction happens somewhere and it's because of the miners. And so at SAS Mining, what we do is we make it easy for anyone to participate and monetize this process. And so just like how you can buy real estate and you can earn cash flow on your real estate, you buy a hard asset, earn cash flow. With Bitcoin mining, you buy a hard asset and you generate Bitcoin. And that's something that in today's world is very, very difficult to access without SAS mining. Just like how before a company like Coinbase, it was very difficult for you to buy Bitcoin. Before SAS mining, it was difficult for you to buy a Bitcoin miner. So we've really lowered the barrier to entry. If you go onto our website, sasmining.com, you can purchase a rig. You don't need to know how to do any of the technology pieces. And we help set up your rig and get you mining Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin that's generated is just deposited directly into your wallet. So, okay. So I'm going to step back here for a second, kind of play dumb, kind of be confused. So we saw all these articles coming out way back when Bitcoin was starting to blow up, that they have all these Bitcoin mining, these facilities. Somebody just pulls the plug. The largest one is in Tokyo. No, it's somewhere in Japan, up in the mountains, way back up there. You just pull a plug to be a jerk. Every billions of dollars are lost. You can't recover it. They're just gone. But that person who's hosting all that Bitcoin on that server will go elsewhere. And he's just, it's just gone. You'll never be able to trace it. And he has all your money. Is this having your own mining? And it's a stupid question. I know I can tell by the look on your face where this is going. Is this so I can protect my own Bitcoin on that? Because we still have to rely on mining and other people hosting Bitcoin and the wallets and everything. Kind of like, like break this down for me because now I'm confused. If I wanted to buy my own mining facility, I go to you guys or are you guys there to help like a hosting service? Like we host websites, we host everything. Are you supplying your own platform to host so it's safe, you can control it? Or are you supplying something different? And I'm just kind of not understanding this. Yeah, it's a good question. So yeah, I'll, I'll break it down. So first starting with Bitcoin, right? When we talk about Bitcoin, that's a digital asset, yeah. right? So that digital asset, you need to hold that in some type of wallet. That wallet, I think that that might be what your question was referring to. Is yeah, because I mean, I have, so I have Coinbase. That wallet. So I have yeah. Coinbase. I have all my ETH, Bitcoin, all my stupid crypto that's lost money on the <laughs> wallet. How does that mining play into if I'm a Bitcoin owner? Great question. Yeah. So on Coinbase, you own your crypto, right? What we do is we make it possible for you to become a Bitcoin miner. And so when you're a Bitcoin miner, you have the mining hardware, 
And then that mining hardware generates new Bitcoin. So let's say that you link up your Coinbase wallet and you have one Bitcoin in it. And then with SAS mining, you buy a Bitcoin miner. That Bitcoin miner is generating new Bitcoin. So then new Bitcoin is just being created and generated by your machine and deposited into your Bitcoin coin. But, but that's kind of like that's kind of like printing money. Hey, I have a printer scanner fax. Oh, and that's my hundred dollar bill printer. I'm like, I'm just printing money. But then and okay, so I get is a weird question. I get why the Fed's regulation, because you could be printing billions of dollars of Bitcoin. The whole idea of Bitcoin was they put it in the system. Nobody still knows who created it. And then once it runs out, it just creates supply and demand, but you can't print. It's like our reserves that just prints more dollars when we need it, right? PPP, they just printed all this money. There has to be something to where we just can't say, hey, I'm going to go print. I got two Bitcoins, but I need 20 to really go play. So I'm going to go just print some more and create some more mines, more Bitcoin. So I got 20 Bitcoins that are valued at 19 grand a piece. That just doesn't seem possible unless it's so much more complicated it automatically regulates itself in the industry. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because this gets to the mining process, right? So every roughly 10 minutes, there's Bitcoin that's distributed to the entire network, right? Got it. That Bitcoin is a preset amount. So you mentioned the Fed with money printing, right? The Fed went crazy. They just went bonkers on money printing, printed a ton of money. If I ask you right now how much money is going to be in circulation next year, let alone in the next 100 years, you're going to have no idea. Because you have no idea how much money the Fed is going to print. With Bitcoin, I can tell you, because it's built into the code, exactly how much Bitcoin is going to be printed between now and the next five years, 10 years, 100 years. The last Bitcoin is going to be mined in year 2140. So that's over 100 years away where I know exactly how much Bitcoin is going to be in circulation because it's built into the code. So when we're talking about like how much Bitcoin your mining machine generates, your mining machine is generating and earning Bitcoin that's already built into the code to be distributed. So you're not creating new Bitcoin. You have existing Bitcoin out there. We all know there's only so much made and then it becomes a trade until the next. And you, you could tell right now that the next coin is going to be so far down the road. Yeah. So, so there's going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever in circulation. Not all of that's in circulation right now. Right now, it's 19 point something million Bitcoin in circulation. Bitcoin, roughly every 10 minutes, is being put into circulation. And there's an exact amount that's being released. But it's in tranches. So, so the way the algorithm is, every so many minutes or hours, so much many coins are being entered into the system. It just drops it in there. And anybody who's on the chain could just buy whatever they want as it's available. New Bitcoin, but it comes out at the value of Bitcoin today at that time, correct? Yeah. So you're earning that new Bitcoin that's coming into circulation by being a miner. So in order to mine, you have to be able to set up these facilities. You got to run this hardware for that new Bitcoin that's coming in. And that's very difficult to do. So it's very easy for you to go on to Coinbase today and buy Bitcoin. But if you actually want to participate in that process where you're earning fresh Bitcoin that's being distributed by the Bitcoin network every 10 minutes, that's where the mining comes in. And that's where we help people get involved. But, but what about the price? Like right now, I forgot what Bitcoin is right now, actually. I think it's at 19,000 or 20,000. I don't remember what it is. If, yeah, I think it's just under 20. Under 20. So 
if some new coins are moved into the market right now in 10 minutes, whatever, do they, they come out at the cost of what it is right now, correct? Great question. They come out at the cost of how expensive it is for you to run the machines. So you'd have oh. the cost of buying the machines. You have the cost of your energy to run those machines. And that's a free market. So if you are mining at you know 15 cent power cost per kilowatt hour, and I'm mining at 5 cents cost per kilowatt hour, I'm paying one third the electricity bill that you are to generate that Bitcoin. So your cost of production is way more expensive than my cost of production. You might be generating Bitcoin at 19,000 or 25,000 or losing money. And I could be generating Bitcoin at like 10,000. And so at the end of the day, you want to find cheap energy and you want to find cheap hardware by buying in bulk or knowing the manufacturers and the cheap hardware and the cheap energy and the efficient operations are going to allow you to produce Bitcoin far below market rate. Well, it's, it's all the renewable energy because I mean, think how much energy, we don't really ask how much energy it takes to produce a Bitcoin. I mean, look at this book. I mean, if you look at data server farms and data, oh my God, they're constantly on high powered running and running. And that's just to keep our data safe on servers. Can you imagine like an algorithm that's ridiculous? So that's, that's what calculates how these come out on the energy, which is why you guys are, using sustainable energy, correct? Yeah. And this is the big innovation that I really would love to share with everyone listening and that is starting to be understood by more and more people who are writing on the topic is Bitcoin is so revolutionary. Outside of Bitcoin, forget the monetary properties, it's revolutionary for the energy sector. And I'll, I'll walk you through an example right now. Let's say that you are an energy company and you have oil wells that are polluting and emitting methane, right? That methane is 84 times as bad for the environment, for global warming, than carbon dioxide. And there are regulations around it where we're going to try and stop you as the energy company with these wells from polluting. So you might have to pay like $112,000 in California to plug your well. What we can do is we can actually go onto your well that's polluting and capture that pollution, capture that methane, and generate Bitcoin from it. And the way we do that is we capture the pollution, the methane, we turn it into electricity, and then we use that electricity to power Bitcoin miners. And so all of a sudden, you have these miners that are capturing and preventing all of this, these emissions and then generating economic value from it through mining. And that's one of the things that when we talk about our customers, they're not just making money through Bitcoin mining, but they're also combating global warming and helping the energy sector. And so I love that, you know, we all, Bitcoin is a digital currency, but I feel like you're becoming more of a renewable, sustainable energy company, not so much a Bitcoin. You're just taking all the renewable and all the um, energy out there, sustainable energy, and you're just turning it into a cause, a good thing to create more Bitcoin. I just yeah. feel like oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, so, and then, and I know you have like become a hosting partner. You said, if you need to be a hosting partner, you need to have at least five megawatts of renewable energy capacity. But so this just takes it out of the digital currency field. And this puts you right in the middle of the energy and science space right now. It's funny that you mentioned that because our mission at the company, it's we want to improve the way humanity relates to money and energy. With the energy side that we just talked about, the energy sector today, it's incredible what we have, but it's still very early stages. Over two thirds of all the energy that our society can produce gets wasted. So we utilize only about one third of that. And on top of that, what we talked about earlier, we're going for the cheapest energy in the world. 
Because why would we go for expensive energy? Because then it costs to produce bitcoins too expensive. And so the cheapest energy in the world is the pollution. It's yeah. the emissions. It's the things that are already liabilities. So rather than you needing to pay $112,000 to plug your well, we can actually have you make money, like more money than your traditional energy business lines through that pollution that you have today. And so we believe that over time, this will be one of the strongest levers that humanity has to combat global warming. Because there's no technology out there that can address methane today. All these other technologies are trying to address carbon dioxide, but methane is far more damaging to global warming than carbon dioxide. Well, you look at all the gas emission feeds, we look at all of the renewable energy sources, we look at so much out there that we are contributing to killing the environment, to global warming. And I feel like, are you guys kind of the first ones to realize with all of these emissions, with all of the gases, all this pollution in the air, right? And we're all about sustainability and renewable energy and all the energy rebates for going solar. Are there companies out there looking at what's killing our environment and how to harness all of that into good, which is what you guys are doing? Or are you guys one of the only ones out there who kind of see this? I feel like this is more of a science <laughs> background than just a you know technical you know startup blockchain. I mean, this blockchain is all tech. Based. We get that, but you're really moving into a sustainable energy field right now. Yeah. You mentioned a good point is right now, this is it's proven technology. Mining has been around for since the start of Bitcoin. Yeah. And you can reliably know that, hey, we run this many machines, we're going to generate this much Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin's price is $20,000, it's that much cash. Like that's very, very simple, straightforward. Yeah. But then on, on the other side, you have this methane piece where we are one of the early companies, early movers in the space. There are a handful of other companies out there. But my prediction is that over time, you're going to have so many more companies going and doing this because that's where you're finding the cheapest energy. And so our unique approach on this simultaneously is we want to allow everyone around the world to go and participate in Bitcoin mining and allow everyone around the world to participate in capturing emissions or helping make the energy sector and renewable energy more robust. And so that's the crux that we're at. And it's very exciting. It's it's very, very fast moving. But I think that you're, you're going to see a lot of talk around this over the coming decade, because it really is just unbelievable how big the impact is on the bottom line for combating global warming. Like you're talking about meeting goals that we have as a society, at, like around the world, if the entire Bitcoin network was powered by methane. I mean, it's going to be a constant conversation at the dinner table because every year the you know summers get hotter or the winters get colder. And I mean, it's, it's all about the more cars, more people and all that kind of stuff. So I get that. But let me, let me ask you a question. So you, you guys are opening new hosting centers and you have Texas, Oklahoma, and you have them at your hydropower areas. Are you guys building facilities for mining in addition to offering your own mining tools to individuals who want to be miners? Right now, we're focused on partnerships to be able to scale more quickly. Because at the end of the day, if you're going and you're building site by site by site, it's more constricting than if you just go find the biggest players out there and try and give access to those deals to anyone on the platform. So right now, it's like you go onto the platform, you're going and plugging into equipment networks. You're plugging into like top energy negotiations and hosting sites and management, top management, top mining pools, 
all of that is just done automatically. All that you need to do is just go on and and get your rig. But you're connecting miners and hosting facilities. So if there's a bunch of hosting facilities out there, you're trying to find the miners to connect with them? Correct. Yeah. We're trying to find all the hosting sites out there that are renewable focused or powered by methane or carbon negative energy sources. Are there a lot? I mean, I mean, obviously there's more and more every day. And I, you know, I know in Australia, I think in New Zealand, amazing. Their ministry is amazing out there. It's a female and they are strictly on solar power, windmills, renewable energy. I mean, the whole place is, they've just gone so far ahead of the rest of the world and they're so advanced in their technology. I mean, so I feel like this is where the future is going. It has been done, but you're just kind of sliding in the use for it. Yeah. Well, on the energy side as well, I think it's really interesting when you take a step back and look at how much more energy we can produce as a society over time. I mean, we've just seen incredible innovations happening in step with us being able to harness more energy. And with Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining, this is just another incentive that makes it easier for energy projects to get built. Projects that might not actually make money if you're an energy company, now all of a sudden can make money or be monetized with Bitcoin mining. If somebody wants to be, they want to mine, you either connect them to a bigger facility or they could, you sell them their own mining equipment. What is the cost of all the mining equipment? If I wanted to have my own mine, if I want to be in my own mine, if I want to be a miner, <laughs> if I want my own equipment, I mean, what is the cost for that? Yeah, so we we just pass along the cost of the actual equipment and then there's the monthly cost. So right now, a, a piece of hardware is about $2,500. That piece of equipment, like you would have ownership of it, yeah. but it, then it would be sent to the facility. It would run in the facility. And then the Bitcoin that your machine generates is sent and deposited into your wallet. What's the timeline on that? So like if I did that today, right? Um, like take me through, what's the timeline and the setup? And what's realistic? So three grand... For the equipment is no big deal. You guys send it to the hosting facility. It's just online. Am I making money in my sleep? Am I walking away? Or am I grinding through the coding and algorithms on a constant basis to make sure I'm not just getting my investment back, but I'm making yeah, producing it's more It's completely Bitcoin? passive. Yeah, when you're sleeping, when you're eating, when you're like, whenever, whatever it is, is once it's up and running. We actually had a wait list we just opened up. So rather than needing to join the wait list now, you can just purchase rigs. And your rig would be up and running in uh, January. So what would, so if I had one rig, just one, like what's the revenue source? Like say after six months or a year on that. So to put it into perspective, you're generating Bitcoin. That Bitcoin is whatever you sell it for, right? So it depends what price you're selling it for. But assuming that we're keeping historical data, everything consistent, right now, you just saw crypto go through this Lehman Brothers moment. Prices are down And so your price to buy in for the rig has gone down a lot too. So even with the press prices, you're paying off your machine within three years, which when you think about hard asset investing and recurring cash flows, that's, that, that's a very, very good payback compared to like, you're not going to go and buy a real, like a piece of real estate and have the cash flow of that real estate pay off the real estate in three years. Yeah. So, so for 2,500. You get a rig about three years, you'll get that two five back, and then from that point on, it's just profit. The more rigs Correct, you buy, yeah. the more the more profit. That's just insane. So I know you're not a financial planner. You're not telling people to invest. It is an investment. It is. It's kind of like it's investment. I mean, my wallet and Coinbase is so sad. 
I lost so much money. I don't even look at it anymore. I refuse to look at it because I'm like, you know what? It's going to hit down to like zero and I'm just going to be disappear because like, I'm going to end up owing them money. It's getting so bad. It keeps dropping and dropping. But I mean, and I know the stability of Bitcoin is, is it's not crypto and it's being used. And what's that? When you break it down, Toshi, Toshi, is that what so, it's called? Satoshis, yeah. Satoshis. Well, I think it's important for people to really understand like the like what Bitcoin is, like why Bitcoin has value. And so a lot of times when you're looking at like the financial pace for anything, you got to, you'll look at the comparables, right? So what Bitcoin really is in, in terms of its competitor, the closest competitor it has really for the market of store value is gold, right? Right now, the market cap of gold is roughly 35 times the market cap of Bitcoin. And the majority of that market cap for gold is because of its properties as a store of value. Bitcoin blows gold out of the water in every single aspect of a store of value. If you have a store of value, you want it to have the properties that Bitcoin has and the properties that gold has just are no match for Bitcoins in terms of like, let's say that you wanted to send a billion dollars of gold to someone, right? How difficult would that be? How much money would that cost you? If you want to send a billion dollars of Bitcoin from Tokyo to the United States, you can get that done within for under a dollar. Yeah. yeah, within well, but within but there's still seconds. there's still gas fees and stuff, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's just much quicker. And like the reason yeah. why I asked about Satoshi is so because we have a client, amazing client, and they're using Bitcoin down in Peru. They have over sixteen, seventeen active circular economies to these villagers, these people who have just been decimated from COVID. The government ignores. I mean, it's a corrupt. It's a third world country, but beautiful it is Peru. But they're using Satoshi. They're learning how to use. They're going through these programs, learning how to be an entrepreneur, own a business, learning how to use their phone, learning how to understand the finances, so they could go into bodegas and mercados and get milk, eggs, sugar, take posteria classes and make pastries to sell them, but they don't have banks. Centralized banking is nowhere around, but they have their cell phones. So they're now using Bitcoins as a alternative currency to buy and sell, whether it's grocery shopping, whether you need to buy a cow, you know, lumber to build a farm. I mean, they are surviving because their currency is Satoshi broken down on Bitcoin. There's no centralized bank. You're not going to walk to a bank 10 hours just to bring all your cash home to be robbed, put it underneath your mattress and do that again. You have your phone. It's safe. Nobody could steal it. It's secured. And they're using that. And people are taking Bitcoin actually versus cash credit cards. And I know there's a hotel or two up in Cusco because we were just down there like a few weeks ago that are taking Bitcoin. I mean, it's just not becoming a replacement of centralized banking. It's becoming an alternative forms of currency when traditional banking is not convenient or not around. And for a lot of these countries, and you got to think, was it 92 or 88% of the world lives in poverty? They don't have cash, they don't have credit cards, but they all have cell phones. And, they, and they're smart enough to know how to use is very simple, buy and pay, you know, sell and trade, the place takes Bitcoin. So I think that is more and more moving into saving lives, building circular economies into the future. But to use to mining, to use the renewable energy and all of the toxins to do that, I think that is a tremendous play where Bitcoin is already being used as a form of currency. Oh, 100%. And I mean, you just touched on one of the most important value cases of Bitcoin. 
which is very difficult for people in, in the West to understand because our banks have always worked. We haven't yeah. gone through a huge currency devaluation. But I mean, let's say that you were in Venezuela, right? And the your currency all of a sudden goes through hyperinflation or insert any fiat currency yeah. that's gone through hyperinflation. Or, or you're just in a corrupt government where they shut down your access to your banking. Yeah, There's not really anything that you can do. Or if you were you saw this in Ukraine, I mean, you you can't get any of your money out and yeah. banks won't give you your money. But if you have Bitcoin on a, a ledger, I mean, you've got access to capital you can get out of the country. And, well, and it goes lives. it goes both ways. I have to bid accept Bitcoin, then offer Bitcoin. Like Motive, our client Motive, they're an NGO. They're probably one of the only companies globally who is. I mean, you know, there's a lot that are using Bitcoin to fund water wells, energy, wind, you know, all this stuff, but they, between the motive med, the tech, the med, and all of the um, entrepreneurship programs, they're the ones saving lives. So, I mean, I think there's like six, 17, I want to say 17 active Bitcoin circular economies because of these people would have been dead. They wouldn't have survived. So um, one yeah. of our clients motive is in that trajectory. What I'm now seeing, you know, people have to teach them, you give them, you know, the, to use Satoshi's, but with you guys, it says mining, you could actually mine the Bitcoin to keep it active, to keep it circulating throughout the communities on its own. So then it really kind of brings a full circle to we don't need centralized banking. I mean, we do, but if it's not there, like you said, some of these third world countries, we're not just what if you run out? Well, no, though, no, you have your own mining down there. And now that renewable energy, the resources where, you know, it's, it's pollution, they don't have a lot of technology for clean energy that we do here, that's now giving them an opportunity for clean energy and cleaner living because they have the mining down there while they're already using it. So like I'm already seeing you guys need to be in these other communities and countries where it's even more acceptable and successful than it is here in the United States. So which goes back to, is your market here in the US or is your market really overseas in global economies where it's more prevalent and it does more of a need for it. Yeah. And that's the other great thing about this is that it's global, really. If there's energy somewhere and you can capture that energy and use it to power Bitcoin mining rigs, then you can run them there. And if you're producing it for less than the market price of Bitcoin, then you're generating profit from that yeah. Bitcoin mining. You know, there's a lot of cheap Amazing. energy all around the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're exploring other areas, even though right now we, we're focused on the United States. We are definitely exploring other areas where this can be applied. I mean, just thinking about the amount of methane being emitted here in the U.S., this is happening everywhere. Yeah. And there are many other places where the regulations aren't nearly as strict around emissions. And just really to understand how bad the methane problem is, you have people that are paying tremendous amounts of money to plug the wells. You also have people that are just flaring it on site, which means that this methane, they're just lighting it on fire. Yeah. So instead... It reduces it reduces other toxins, but it's not as bad as methane. And so, eight percent gets emitted as methane, and ninety two percent is flared. But this is a big problem on the global warming front that humanity is trying to solve, and we actually now have a solution to it through Bitcoin mining. Let me ask you a question. So, so what is the goal of says mining? Is it really to be another Bitcoin play, or is it really a renewable energy source for global warming? And you just happen to found the recipe to use one for the other. I mean, where is your goal with this company? And where's your interest really like five years down the road? 
Yeah, well, I I really do believe that it's both. So going back to our our mission, improve the way humanity relates to money and energy. I think that Bitcoin is the strongest lever we have to pull to give access for many of the things that you just talked about to a decentralized global reserve asset that anyone around the world, even if you don't have banking or you're living in a corrupt regime, you can access this. And no one's going to be able to just shut down your access to Bitcoin. Because the Bitcoin miners, like the people who are out there mining Bitcoin, are making sure that you're protected. So, for example, if you're someone in, you know, Venezuela and they want to cut off your access to banking, in the Bitcoin world, you have miners in the US and all around the world that are protecting and putting through your transactions. Whereas in your country, a government can shut it down. So with SAS mining, we're focusing on the money side, but then on the energy side, you know, we could just go and say, hey, we're going to mine with any type of energy. We're going to use fossil fuels. And that would not be the approach of improving humanity's relationship with yeah. energy. Our approach is saying, look, let's find renewable and carbon negative sources and focus on those. And so I really do, to answer your question, think that we want to be focused on supporting the Bitcoin network through Bitcoin mining, democratizing it, making it accessible to anyone who wants to make money through mining, and then Three, focus on combating global warming by focusing on carbon or polluting energy sources that are currently not being used for mining. Yeah. So you're kind of taking where our future is on the digital coin aspect on the blockchain for good. You're really just, you're doing good things with it. You're not just pushing out bullshit, I'm sorry, NFTs or JPEGs. I cannot get my head around the whole let's use ETH and Bitcoin to buy JPEGs. I mean, you're not, you're, your headspace is so much more beyond that. It's it's into saving lives and converting energy and doing good in the world with what the energy you have to put out to make the Bitcoin to buy something super like an NFT. I'm just in a negative NFT um, state today because I just cannot get yeah. my head around that. <laughs> William, what is your background? I mean, where is your, I mean, what is your background quickly and how did you end up in this space? Because you're right straddling the fence of, energy, global warming, and technology. How did you get there? Yeah, well, I'm not sure how far back we want to go, but ever since I was very, very young, I've always just been into entrepreneurship, building things, building companies. And I very early on was attracted to technology. And I mean, we've talked about some of the things on on this podcast, but I think that it's really incredible how much change can be affected if you put new technology into a system in a better way. And right now, we've just seen an explosion of of technology. And a lot of businesses are really at the end of the day, when you have a business, that business is there to solve a problem. It's supposed to be there to make the world a better place. And what's the judgment of that? It's that if someone is willing to depart with their hard-earned cash that they gave up their time and energy for, to give it to you, to your business, for whatever your business has produced, and you're earning more money from other people than it's costing you to produce it, then you're providing value. I think that with technology, when you leverage that, you can provide far more good. And so that was one of the reasons why I think innately I was always attracted to technology. And then when you talk about what we're doing here at SAS Mining, uh, SAS Mining, I first started the firm back in January of 2018. And if you roll back the clock very early on, I saw that you were going to have a lot more Bitcoin mining over time, mining was going to get more sophisticated. And I saw very on that the energy sector was the crux of all this. It's like the energy sector and the the Bitcoin miners, they didn't realize that they were going to overlap, but 
I kept putting it out there. It's like, inevitably, these are going to overlap. And then as you dive down the rabbit hole and you notice a lot of the things that we talked about in this conversation, it really becomes much more powerful. But back then, I just, from a logical perspective, if you can get cheaper energy, you're producing Bitcoin at higher margins, like because your marginal cost of producing Bitcoin is cheaper. And so throughout that time, over almost the past five years at this point, we've built connections with every single aspect of the mining industry, the big equipment manufacturers, the big miners, the big pools, figured out everything to mine. And now we launched this platform that allows anyone to go and participate in that. And so that's what the platform is when anyone goes onto the website. Yeah, I so love having you on. Like we're running out and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of this conversation and, and everything. Where can people for anybody, you know, Bitcoin mining for more interest in it, people who want to get into it, what's the website? Where can we send them to? Yeah, the best place would just be the, the website sasmining.com. So that's spelled S-A-Z-M-I-N-I-N-G. So sasmining.com. We're also on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. I'm fairly active on Twitter. And so is the company's Twitter account. And then we hold weekly Twitter spaces where we'll every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. we bring on a new guest. We talk through a particular topic. A lot, Some of those topics we've touched on here. And then we also have a podcast called the SAS Mining Podcast, where we speak with leaders in energy, Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining, things like that. So those are all the different places where someone can stay in touch. That's actually awesome. It is so good having you on the show. I know we have so much more to talk about. So I think we're going to have to do another podcast soon. But I mean, it was was amazing. This was all amazing because you're so good. Like there's so much more to Bitcoin and what people really understand and know. And it's an educational process, you know? And so I think this is great that people are able to understand Bitcoin's used more than just a commodity, you know, more than just an investment to utility. And there's more ways around converting the energy because there's so many people out there who are all about global, all about climate control and energy. And I just think this is another new technology to help quell the problems we're going to see down the road. It's just really connecting the dots and educating them to understand what Bitcoin is and what it can be used for. Yeah, 100%. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. It was so good to have you on, William. So we're going to definitely stay in touch with you, but I'd love to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're back east in the middle of a storm right now, but I do appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us. This is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis. I'm here with William Samasi, wait, I'm sorry, pronounce your last name. Samasegi. Samasegi, And for anybody who wants to reach out to William, says mining, William, is there, we get them your LinkedIn personally, or is there a place to connect with you and follow you directly? Yeah, you can follow me on LinkedIn. It's uh, William with uh, Samasegi, very difficult last name. Samasegi. So. Yeah, yeah. And then Saz Mining is also on LinkedIn as well. Okay. So And Twitter, yeah. they can find you on Twitter as well. Yep. Yeah. LinkedIn and Twitter are two big uh, places. And then, you know, the podcast on all podcast platforms. Perfect. Perfect. William, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Axis Effect podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Axis Effect podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit theaxiseffect.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.